What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. All right, Russ. So there's turbulent times ahead as it relates to our economy. And when there's turbulent times, I think it's only wise for us to talk about some practical things that people can do to go ahead and like create safety. Let's just be honest. Um, I think there's just a lot of concern in the air. How do we create safety in that process? Well, the first step is always in education, right? Like I, I think the reason why we don't have safety, the reason why we feel at risk, the reason we feel uncomfortable with what's going on around us is because we don't really understand truly what's happening. And even more importantly, we don't know what to do, man. I think more than ever, people need to start educating themselves on how to take control of the financial function in their life, right? Like they need to understand how money flows, where money gets stuck at, how to get it unstuck, how to get access to it, how to start buying assets. What is actually an asset stallion? When I invest money for the first time, where should I invest it? And how do I know if I'm investing it correctly, right? Because there's there's the there's the big kicker. I, I've been on so many calls lately, Joey, and the conversation always revolves around, well, let's just say I was trying to figure out what to do. What would you tell me to do? I know that you can't give me investment advice, but just wink, wink, where would you put it, right? Right. And I, I'm like, well, first we need to understand what your investor DNA is. What are you passionate about? Where do you have knowledge already? And how can you apply that specific knowledge that you possess into the world of business and in the world of investing? Because if you had the ability, had the insight to do that, would you feel more confident about where you're putting your money? And would you then feel more confident in what the potential outcome would be? And I think the answer is yes. And so I would say, Joey, the first step has to be in education, has to be in developing that skill set that we've just deferred to the people on Wall Street to do for us. Totally agree. And the funny thing is, is it seems like because we bought the Wall Street mindset that this is a big, a big hurdle, right? The education piece of this is just too much. I mean, have you thought about that before? Have you thought, I really would like to, to take more control, but I just don't have time. I don't know how to, to learn all these things. When it really comes down to your financial freedom is just a simple passive income exceeding monthly expenses. Once you do that, once you get that, then it's just a matter of following a process. It's the process that we walk everybody through. When you call, you set up a free call with us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call, you actually walk through what is the right next thing on your journey. Because guess what? It's not the same as the person that called right before. And isn't that uh, relieving that you get very customized um, specifics to follow up and to walk through to the next thing to help you? 
get to your financial freedom. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make here is the 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 formula is easy. And once you have the formula, it's just following a process, but you have to have people surrounding you that are on the same journey. Yeah. Totally. Stallion, I know we're going to cover a lot today and we're going to go through our personal passive income report, but we spent a lot of time talking about the craziness that's happened in the market. How's that impacting each one of those areas and what we're doing with it? So if you're interested in that, I think you'll want to listen to the rest of this show. So Joey, let's don't take any more away. Let's jump into the passive income report for October of 2022. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. All right, Stallion, we are we are live. It's time to. That's right. Time to share the month of October. It's passive income report and some lessons learned in there. Some, some maybe outlook on on the future. It's it's a lot going on right now. I got to be honest with you. Um, I I'm I got some opinions on some things that I want to share. Well, he's not going to hold back. <laughs> if, if you're joining us for the first time, um, you can actually check out our reports over the last two and a half years at wealthofthatwallstreet.com forward slash passive dash income on our website. And uh, you can take a look as, as deeply as you want on that so that you can see what we've been up to and, and how things have changed over these last two and a half years. Just want to make you aware of that. Yeah. You're also kind of seeing the behind the scenes. This is going to be a podcast and you'll get to see what we're, what we're doing and sharing. So as you start jumping on live, thank you so much. Uh, put, put, put a comment out there. Let me, let, let me know where you, where you're listening to us from and let us interact with you. So, all right, Stallion, you ready to make this thing happen? You ready to share? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, buddy. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about October. I want to talk to you a little bit about where the economy is. And I want to talk about what are we going to do as we end this year and start 2023 in relationship to continuing the financial freedom journey. You good with that? I'm all over it. Let's do it. I went and bought a car the other day and I've, I've been kind of removed from a lot of the financial movements that are happening out there. So I know, I know things are going crazy. Gas prices are always dumb. So I just kind of numb to that. And I feel like I, I don't even recognize what the what it cost until right. I went and purchased a car for my wife, not because I wanted to, because needed to. The car she had started overheating. And I'm like, this is a car we use to travel. So I'm not sticking messing around. We were had to, we were literally leaving on a trip on Saturday. We gotta go get a new car. That's just instantly my thought. We go find one, we buy it, Joey. Yeah, prices are high, but you know, it's you know, marginally higher than the last time we bought a car for her. We bought the exact same car. It's just four years older, and it was like eight or newer, more. four years newer. Oh, yes. Four yeah, her older car four years ago. 
Okay. And it's like eight or 9% more than what we paid four years ago. So I was actually thinking that's not that bad inflation, right? If you, if you took that over four years, that's one, 2%. So that wasn't that bad. I, right. It's like, that's not, that's not a big issue until, until, until they, 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 they ran my credit and they came to me with here, Mr. Morgan are your best financing terms. Now people are going to be like, Russ, why are you financing cars? Why are you not paying cash? Well, what would, what, why do you think I would not pay cash for a car, Joey? Because you can use your cash to create a much more higher return um, on passive income ideas than to finance a vehicle. If I can, I'm not very good at what I do, right? Right? True. And, and it's it's been, for the last 10 years plus, we've been operating on a 0% interest up to maybe... 2.9%, right? Like right. my car that I bought, 0% interest. Now, do I believe that 0% interest actually exists? No, I don't. But I, I, but they really, when they have zero cost of borrowing, they there's not a whole lot of baked in rebates to that, right? Right. Well, and when we bought her car four years ago, it was at like 2.3% or something. Like, it's just stupid. Why would you, why would you use your money? For 2.3%. Right. They bring me over and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I am forgetful. I forget to pay bills from time to time. Even with all of that, I still had a credit score north of 800. Okay. And, and I, no expert, but that puts me in the, the higher echelon of credit scores. Right. He said, here, Mr. Morgan, here's your, here's your best option. We shopped it with four different banks. It's 7.95%. Seven point nine five percent. That was a thirty percent increase in payment. That was a almost two hundred and twenty five percent increase in rate. Now I see inflation. <laughs> like I, you know, I'm sure we've seen that at the gas pump, but we're dealing in smaller numbers, and so it's like, yeah, but it didn't really impact it. Oh, I saw the, the price of the car. It went up, but eh, it wasn't that much. It wasn't until I saw the rate where I thought, oh, wow, this is, a, this is an issue. This is going to continue to be an issue. And I don't believe rates are coming down anytime soon. So I want to talk about, like, how are we going to work in this environment? How are we going to make strides in an environment where we see 7.95% interest rates on cars. I mean, what else are we going to see out there and how is it going to impact our, our bottom line, but also your bottom line as you're listening to this? Yeah, no doubt. This is, this is a, a, a major shift. And, and I think that that's got people, well, let me ask you this. What do you think that that is affecting most? That this shift is affecting our economy in some way. What, what do you think is the most impact? I don't know. I, I, that's a, probably a great question. Um, get, get, give me your opinion and let me let me uh, listen to it and tell you why I disagree and, and come up with a better one. I, I think it's just the overall market is just slowing because people are nervous, right? When you see that sticker shock, two hundred percent or whatever the number you said, uh, the interest increase. 
it is going to that's enough to put people to stop people in their tracks on making major purchases they're going to just hold on to things longer they're just going to kind of put up with things that they would have otherwise you know not have done they would have just you know gone and bought the new thing i i mean that's my personal opinion what do you think well well i definitely think it's going to slow down purchasing Right. Like we have been working in a world of cheap money for so long and you can see it with businesses. They've been borrowing money to continue to fund even poorly run companies. Right. When they can just keep borrowing money at zero to one percent. I mean, I'm thinking about the guy, and the, we talked about him earlier. My my uh, my mind's blanking on his name. The guy that went and borrowed billions of dollars at like a quarter percent to buy Bitcoin in the company's name, right? It was the company's assets, and that guy right now is sucking wind big time. Not only yeah. is Bitcoin down two hundred percent, but also he he's sitting there uh, probably paying four, five, six, ten times as much on the debt that he was paying, right? I mean, I, I saw a home equity line of credit rate the other day at 8%. Yep. I mean, I, I just saw one of the insurance companies we work with, they're paying 5% just to hold your money in the uh, premium deposit account, the interest-bearing account, not anything to do within the whole life policy itself, just the account that you can hold money before you make the premium. I mean, you're seeing interest rates change. And the key question here is, are we going to be negatively impacted by that? Or are we going to be positively impacted by that, Stallion? Well, and this so this is, in my opinion, where we need to step in and give the so what behind our passive income report for October 2022. Kind of go through some of the highlights, some of the lowlights, and then try to deduce you know, are there things that we should be doing differently uh, as a strategy going into 2023? I've got some ideas, but I want to hear yours. Um, so if you've been following along with us, uh, you can go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash passive dash income and look at all of our previous reports over the last two and a half years. Um, but if you're joining us for the first time, we're just going to kind of go down the line and, and give you a little feedback on our various different businesses and strategies. So let's, let's start at the top for us and let's talk about land for a minute. How is what we're talking about right now, inflation, interest rates, um, people slowing down major purchases, how is that affecting the land business? The, the last conversation I had with the group running our business for us is that they're seeing prices increase both to purchase and to sell, right? They're not seeing a lot of slowdown in those two as long as they're increasing and keeping up with the price adjustments. But one of the things I would anticipate, and they're anticipating as we move deeper into this recession that our country's in, is I think you'll start seeing more defaults. I think you're going to see some of these, um, you know, if you don't know about our land flipping business, we buy raw land and we turn around and sell it on terms. So we're creating, taking a physical asset and uh, usually an illiquid asset like land, and we're turning it into monthly payments. 
or allow people to buy it from us on terms. Now, they can't build on it. They can't live on it. They can only go use it. So if they quit using it, it's not like you own a house and you have a squatter in the property. No, you have somebody that it, they just can't use it anymore. And then you have to go find someone else who wants to buy it and who wants to use it until they pay it off. So I, I do anticipate that we're going to see people as money continues to tighten, right? They Next time their car breaks and they go to get the, the new car loan and that difference in payment now being 30% higher than their last car payment, because that's what they're doing, right? Everybody's just rolling a car payment. And right. it's fine. Like you get a new car and you're paying $500 a month and a new car is $510 a month. It doesn't matter how much more it was. It cost you, right? Because they're only rolling the $510 versus the $500. It's a $10, $10 move. But when that $500 is, you know, $625, $650, $700, like that extra $225 is going to come from somewhere and they're going to look down their balance sheet and say, or their uh, their income statement and look at where they're spending money. And they're going to say, you know, that piece of property we have, that's a really great idea, something I would like to keep. But you know, there's going to be check marks next to necessities like utility bills. It's cold outside. Oh, gas for my car. That's that's a necessity. The car itself, because that's going to get me to and from the job that's paying for all of these things. And food. That's okay. Um, you know, they probably will cut out for a while. They'll cut. They'll trim the extracurriculars like, oh, I won't go to a movie. You know, maybe I won't take that vacation that I was going to take. Maybe I'll cut back on what we're going to spend on Christmas, all of those things. But that's why when we saw the land uh, revenue drop and we saw defaults increase in the land flipping business, it didn't happen in 2009. It happened in 2011, two years later, because those small cuts were happening between 2009 and 2011 because land was still pretty, it was in the top 10 list, right? Right. And it got rid of items 15, 14, 13, 12, and 11. But then when, when it continued to persist, when interest rates increased and the car broke down and they had to get a new air conditioner and they had to finance that and the rate on that was higher, all of those payments added up and number 10 on the list got cut. And that was the land payment. So right. I see, and I see probably a year and a half from now, us seeing a, a default increase from its normal, what, five to 10% that we have right now. I see it probably increasing to 25 or 30%. I just read this comment. It was so drawing joy. I wanted to share it. I realized that my time is not really mine. It's my company's. Now I have to stop negotiating my time for money and I need to start working to become financially free. That's exactly how I felt when my daughter Adler asked me on the way to school, Dad, can you pick me up from school today? And I had to say, no, baby, I have to go to work. That's where I drew the line. In order for you to be clear on the things you need to do and stop doing and to know who you need to become so that you can stop trading time for money, join us right now at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Now let's get back to this episode. I agree. And just so you have some context, our current note income on our land business is 24,606. 
and we have some expenses along with that. So it nets out at 17,224. It was actually an increase over the last month. But here's the thing I want to add, Russ, is like, um, like a safe gap here. Because we're owner financing this land, we are in charge of the interest or the lack thereof. And so just like you made this big purchase on this car and you got the sticker shock on the interest, we're in charge of that. And so when people buy land from us, they're actually going to feel really good about a 0% loan, right? And the fact that they have to have very little down and they have nice monthly payments, like I think that that is a, a positive for the land business is that we are able to kind of unplug from the necessity of banks and people still want to go towards safety. I, I said it last month and I'll say it again. I think people are looking for safety in where they park cash. And part of that is land. It's a physical asset that they feel good about. And if they can get it for 0% financing, they're definitely interested in that. But the, the bigger picture, if we do see a 20 to 30% you know, default on our note, income. The good news is we still have the asset and we can weather the time that it takes to wait for the market to come back and then sell it with a much lower basis. Well, I so think that's still, that's why I'm still so bullish on well, the land well, business. Here, passive income stream. Well, how, how does it impact us and how does it impact you if you're doing the land business physically? So you and I are not doing it physically. Like this is not revenue that we're living on. Right. right. What are we doing? We're just taking that 20, um, you know, the, the 17,000 a month or whatever it is after um, pay, paying the team to run the whole business. And we're just going and buying more land with it. Right. right. We're just continuing to increase how much land we own and how many notes we can create off of it. If you're running a land business and you're you're looking at your land business to live off of, then you need to plan over the next 18 to 36 months to get twice as much coming in or three times as much coming in as you need to live on because you're going to experience a 25 to 40% drop in your note income over the next 24 months. So if you're if your land business is paying you 5,000 a month and that's what you need in monthly expenses, you need to up the ante. You need to you need to double down right now. You need to triple down right now. You got to right. make a run at 15,000 a month that you can pay yourself. But don't don't live off the 15k because you're going to experience a pullback. And right. when you do, you want to be prepared for it. Now, when there's blood in the water, there's going to be opportunities as well, right? We're going to see ways to do it. So there's people right now, Joey, that are looking at our passive income report and they're like, I want to be prepared for when the blood's in the water. I want to be prepared to take advantage of this. Then this is where you need to go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash free call, jump on a 15 minute call with one of our coaches and talk about how do you get prepared? How do you build your passive income operating system? How do you take advantage of the fact these insurance companies are paying 5% just to sit on cash right now, right? Because you probably maybe are, are, are moving out of asset classes. Maybe you're putting money in cash and you're like, where would be the best place to start transitioning to this? How do I build my passive income operating system so I can start buying assets as they start coming on sale? Because we're about to see assets on sale. We're about to see opportunities right. 
start to happen as people start running into interest rate problems, as interest rates are changing on all their stuff, they're going to start letting go of assets that they were owning before. And they're going to become opportunities. They're liabilities to them. They're going to become opportunities for you, but you got to be prepared. So I, I look at our business, I see, hey, you know, we have a short-term rental company, right? Our short-term rental business uh, produced $3,600 a month um, last month. That's okay. Not great, right? We've had $20,000 months. Uh, we're making some small adjustments there to try to account for people who are looking for other types of properties. I think you're going to see people who um, are going to go to the rental market and and find a harder time finding a property that they really want. And we need to be ready to house people for a week or two weeks at a time while they they, they shop rental houses. Before we were, Joey, we were housing people that were uh, between, you know, they sold their house and they couldn't find one. Right, they needed a place to land for a couple weeks while while their stuff is in storage and, and and needed a place to move into. We're now starting to see that on the rental side. We're starting to see people that the rental companies are filling up. Properties are fewer and fewer because you got people moving out of the real estate market now. There's fewer people purchasing, fewer people selling. But let, let me just throw this out though, Russ. As you were talking about the things that people will pull back on in the in the the depths of a recession one of the things that it, it makes me a little bullish about the wake up in birmingham.com short-term rental business is that we largely house people who are are traveling out of necessity and or out of the fact that they're coming to visit family or they're visiting for sports events those things are kind of in the flow of normal life, right? It's not like we have a really expensive beach condo that people might pull back on that, right? Like, hey, let's just not do it this year because it's just too much. Or, you know, go into the mountains and and thinking like that ski trip. Like those things could really pull back. But I feel like when people come to Birmingham, there is a it's almost like a necessity. Would, would you agree or disagree with that? I, I would agree that coming to Birmingham has to be a necessity. It's not oftentimes a want to. <laughs> exactly. So uh, just, just kind of quickly, if you're not seeing this live, which we do this on YouTube and Facebook every, every month, the Wake Up in Birmingham business netted out um, a little over $9,000. Uh, between our management company and our actual individual units. And that was an increase from the last month of, uh, I think it was about 7,000 at the time last month. So let's talk about Ethereum Classic, Russ. We're mining Ethereum Classic because Ethereum went away from proof of work. And let's talk about what, what we're seeing or what we're experiencing with that change. It sucks, bro. It just sucks. That's what I'm going to tell you. It's not, not an easy way to go about that, right? Like we were mining a coin that had become worth 1600 right before they, they moved to proof of stake. It, you know, we were mining it at 3000 a coin, you know, a year ago. And it was costing us a couple of thousand dollars a month to manage all those computers 
and we were producing, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month. So it was a very profitable enterprise. And when they went away from that, there was not a whole lot of pivot options for our computers. So right now we're mounting Ethereum Classic, which is not to be confused with Ethereum. And that coin is like $24 a coin. And we're able to produce, I don't know, 15, 20 coins a piece off of it. But it still costs roughly the same amount to manage those computers, right? The power the, the power company was like, ah, oh, uh, you know, I know you're not making as much. We're going to cut your power bill down 99%. Nope. No, <laughs> they don't do that. They did not do that. Yeah, the guys managing it was like, ah, you know, I know you guys are making a fraction of what you was made. We're going to cut down your management fee 99%. No, they didn't mm-hmm. do that either. So right now, I mean, I'm looking at both of ours combined, and we lost 1100 bucks. And if you want to get really – No, uh, we lost 1500 bucks. Oh, see, you sent me an old sheet. The sheet I'm right looking here. at right here doesn't. Yeah, I'm just telling you. You what you sent me and what I'm looking at are two different things. And oh, well, you just set me up for that. failure. I'm not sure. But it, so what? What I did is I did some quick math here, Joey, and realized that Ethereum Classic has to triple in price for us to break even. Oof, that's, that's not a, that's a great position. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to bet on the come on that. Like, no. People ask, when is mining more beneficial than just buying the coin? Like, if you're bullish on the future of crypto, when is it more beneficial to mine versus when is it more beneficial to purchase? Well, in higher times where where the coin price is higher, it's more beneficial to mine, right? Because you're able to produce coins at a, a smaller cost than it would be to go purchase them retail. But it's more beneficial to buy the coins when the price is at all-time lows not or close to all-time lows. Right. So as I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm like, okay, we we bought, uh, in essence, we, we spent almost $1,600. Is that what the math is there? Right. And that was our expenses. Yeah. At 24, um, 24 coins, that would have been 66, 66 coins we could have purchased. Hmm. Instead, we mined about 25 coins. Right. So we could have purchased 30-something coins more than we did. So like looking at this, it, it makes sense for us to stop mining right now. And if we're bullish, take that same exact money that it's costing us to mine and go buy the coin. Yeah. If you don't believe in the coin going up, then you need to quit. You need to quit buying or mining. Right. But that to me, that's where I am on this. But also, yeah. I'm going to tell you with recent events, we also need to consider the fact that where where's our coins being held? We just saw as we right before we recorded this, we saw the third largest crypto exchange, FTX, file Chapter Eleven. And if you're out there and you're holding coins in the Coinbase's of the world, the BlockFi's of the world, and not in a cold storage and offline, your own controlled area, you need to consider what is the risk that you're taking on. Well, Joey, you and I have uh, coins stored in cold storage by third-party custodians, so that way you can't come break into my house and you know get anything. <laughs> Nothing's here, right? But 
that the the key for me is I'm I'm thinking like we have we've been slowly transferring stuff over there, but it it's maybe a more pressing matter to me right now than it yeah. has been to think about well is Coinbase going to fall into liquidity issues like FTX did. And is there a potential run happening on those at some point? I'm not selling my coins, so I'm not going to liquidate my my holdings. But I do I, I don't want to get stuck in a position where, like the people who are FTX who had who are holding assets there, I, they're they're right now trying to figure out how they're going to get access to that money if they're going to get access to it. What percentage ultimately will be available to them when court proceedings happen? Because I've I've seen what it looks like in a bankruptcy court. Uh, for people and it ain't pretty it takes a long time to shake out yeah no doubt so yeah just I, I would say that you need to take um precaution and be on the on the lookout for you know where what is your actual um strategy around crypto and be convinced one way or the other because it is not a accidental business now where you can see success and kind of ride a wave you have to be committed one way or the other um just to kind of get, update you we have we started the bitcoin mining fund a couple months ago and uh in the month of october it only produced 286 dollars and 97 cents that is combined with the the drop in the the cost of uh bitcoin and um just the the actual production of of our Bitcoin mining operation. It's a well, and, number. Well, well, here's the thing is that there's, we, Joey and I have been mining Ethereum for going on more than four years. We just recently started in a mining fund for Bitcoin and we invested in it, you know, nine months ago. So there's not, you know, like it, there's not an option to, to pull out our money's in there with this reason why it doesn't show an expense. We have cost of capital. That's obviously clearly an expense, but the, the big issue I think you got to consider is, you know, if, if you're mining on your own individual computers is the cost worth it. Going back to what I said a second ago, you need to also know that crypto is not a fundamental asset at the bottom of the pyramid, right? We, we talk about what is the hierarchy of wealth? Where should crypto fall? Crypto is a very speculative asset that needs to be purchased after you've accounted for your own cash and cash value. It needs to be purchased after you've invested in yourself, your education, your network, and then after your business, like whatever it is that you're building to create your own cash. So those are the things that you can influence. And Joey, you just put, posted the wealthwhatwallstreet.com for slash quiz. You wanna know where you stand in relationship to financial freedom. It's a great quiz to take to give you a quick answer to see what it is um, that where you stand. And then also you can get some feedback from one of our coaches of how do you improve that score. But I think you need to know that, man, you, you got to buy assets that first are, are you can influence and secondly have collateral. So going back to what you said about the land, if if they quit paying on it, we still have the land, right? Mm -hmm. There is a physical asset there Crypto is a very speculative one. So don't let that be the first place you invest. Let that be the place after you've built passive income. As you can tell, this is not impacting. We're, you know, yes, our uh, our number is not as high as it was last month, but still it's $41,000 and we lost, you know, 1600 bucks in crypto. This is not going to make or break our day. This is the 
the self-actualization point for us. Like this makes it a, a fun, uh, fun conversation when it's going well. When it's not, we're just like, here's another lesson we learned. All right, Joey, as we start to wrap up, we start getting into some of the other um, funds and different uh, activities we're in. I do think there's benefits to having when you see uh, an environment where interest rates are, are growing, you're going to see a lot more ex- people going into cash. I think our ATM fund's going to continue to prosper. I, I wish I was like Mark Haraguchi and had 10 of those, right? You know, 10 <laughs> of those funds right now. And, and that, uh, that number would be 21,000 a month instead of 2,100. I feel like if we, uh, we are going to start adding property, I would see us buying um, single family homes and, and real estate over the next year or two. I can't wait to um, our, our event on January the 6th through the 8th, where we bring in Jeff Stevens and uh, his thoughtful approach to buying rental properties without putting your own credit on the line, which will avoid the issues with credit. Like going back to the point of how do you, um, how, how do you offset what's happening in the market right now with interest rates? Stop buying through interest rates. Doesn't mean you pay with cash. Stop buying with interest rates. Find ways to buy homes where you don't actually have to uh, get a mortgage. Use their mortgage. Use seller financing. I think there's going to be a lot of lessons that you need to learn, which goes back to what we do, right? It's teaching people how to become better investors so that they can build passive income, so that they can create their own personal cash flow system. You got to be an investor in your own financial education. That's going to be so important, Stallion. I see our our number at the bottom. We're at $41,739 in net income. I see the way that we pour that money into education over the next six months, and we start looking for and applying that education over the next, you know, 18 months, 24 months, whatever it is, when there's blood in the water, there's going to be opportunities to be had. No doubt. No doubt. Well, thank you for, again, following us each and every month. And um, I hope that you're getting value out of this. We're trying to share more of the behind the scenes, not just the numbers, because anybody can have the numbers. It's more about us all becoming better investors. And as Russ said, so if you haven't already set up a call with one of our coaches, go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash free call and join us there to take the first step in becoming financially free for yourself and creating your own passive income. If you got value out of today's podcast, if you'll do us the favor of um, sharing this with somebody else, um, liking it, reviewing us, giving us a review and helping us to um, go to the top of the list with the big tech algorithms. We would so appreciate it. Thanks as always. We'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.